Today, we have a question about what to do when your spouse is in an affair and won't stop it. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is our question and answer episode number two about how to fight for your marriage during an affair this time. And during the summer season, we're going to be handling a question, a different question every week from one of our email subscribers. If you'd like to be a part of future opportunities like this, be sure to sign up on our site at onlyyouforever.com. So last week, Verlinda, we answered another question, which is also about infidelity. Mm -hmm. And that was a husband who had betrayed his wife, asking us how we could help her to be more trusting. And uh, that was kind of an interesting episode because we kind of turned the we turned the question on its head a little bit. So yeah. Now, in case you missed that, be sure to go back and grab that episode, and also make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any future shows from Marriage Podcast for Smart People. So here's today's question, Verlinda, mm-hmm. um, from someone we'll call Jason. And as always, the name is changed for yeah. We have anonymized the details a little bit. Yeah. But it's mostly in the language that the person wrote it to us. And what were you going to say, babe? So, Caleb, here's today's question from someone we'll call Jason, who wrote in and said, first of all, huge thanks for what you are doing. My marriage is still in trouble and it's even getting worse and worse. But thanks to your podcast, I'm more ready to forgive and to accept my wife after her infidelity disclosure. The question is as follows. How do I fight for my marriage and my family, because there are children, and my wife, while she's undecided to stay or to leave, as she feels in love with her affair mate. She's saying she can't imagine to be my wife anymore, while she can't imagine losing me as a father of our children and part of the family. In other words, she wants to do life together, but not as husband and wife. Hmm. That's a sad... Difficult. Difficult. Situation, yeah. So that is a really, really hard situation, and probably full of uh, conflicting emotions. And Anyways, one thing I really do admire in that, though, is the grace that I see Jason showing and the willingness to forgive. Yes. Which yeah. is, which is great. So, and that's, you want to hang on to that. And as much as this is painful for you and you have the right to be angry and frustrated and disappointed, just keep that grace out front as much as you can. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. going to do nothing but help. And so, you know, I guess for Linda, this is, uh, I'm, I'm in an eyeing because, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, to answer his question, there's not a lot that he can do. Right. So what we want to do is just give you some, just to help you kind of make sense of this and then give you some ideas of things that might be possible. Okay. Okay. So first of all, keep in mind what you can and cannot choose in this situation. Okay. So you can, for your side of things, you can choose to stay in the marriage. Mm -hmm. You can make that choice. You can choose to forgive and to show grace. And I hear you wanting to do that, which is great. And you can also choose to divorce. Mm-hmm. And we don't like that option. We'd like to see your marriage saved as well. Yeah. But these are things you can choose, right? And what you cannot choose is you cannot choose to make your wife choose you. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, that's a painful thought though. It is. But the reality is that it's her choice. And if there's a thread that connects with last week's episode, which was also about infidelity and answering a question related to that, you can't change your spouse. Yeah. Now, what you can do in that though is you can bring yourself to the marriage as an attractive option. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Mm-hmm. And, and so you can, you can kind of, it's kind of the idea that we talk about elsewhere, bringing the best version of yourself to the marriage that you have right now. Mm-hmm. 
And that's worth doing. And we'll talk sort of a little bit more along those lines as we go through there. But given that you want to save the marriage, here's some things to think about. And just knowing our listener, but for the benefit of others that might be listening, check out episode 111. You can get to that at oif.link slash 111. Just put that in your browser and that will pull up for you. But that's the that's the episode about is my marriage beyond recovery. And mm-hmm. towards the end of that, we talk about staying committed and holding on to hope and how that there are a small but healthy percentage of marriages that go through uh, circumstances that are very trying and they are recovered. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's a great deal of marriages that go through adultery or infidelity and are covered. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the percentage isn't that small. Uh, it is for ones that get to the stage where they're talking about divorce. Okay, it's smaller. Uh, in yeah. the survey that was in that episode, which did not directly address infidelity, just to qualify it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But the point I'm trying to draw forward is stay committed, hold on to hope. Yeah. And both those things are valuable. Now, the second thing, Verlinda, I thought we could mention too is is just to remind Jason that you're not responsible for her sin, like for her wrongdoing, for her choice to make the affair. But between you and your wife, you did co-create a relationship in which an affair was a possibility. Mm-hmm. So, and you, I'm kind of relying on you, Verlinda, to kind of correct me or tweet me here if this doesn't come out right, because this okay. is this is kind of delicate, right? So what you want to do in this situation is to do as much personal work as you can to understand how you might have contributed to a marriage relationship where an affair seemed more attractive than staying in the marriage. Now, okay. Now, now go ahead and say it because we need to talk about this. Okay. But I, you know, when one spouse goes off and has an affair, we always say it's not your fault right? to the other, not the one who went off. But right. so while it's not your fault and they chose the wrong, right? you did create that atmosphere or you helped. You were a part of creating the atmosphere. That uh, yeah. I don't know, Caleb. Okay. Well, it's a tough one, right? And I think the reality is for Linda that this type of work is easier to do on the other side of an affair after the marriage has been recovered and you're rebuilding and you're reframing the affair and understanding what happened and how you guys got there. Right. Okay. And then it's like, yeah, I realized I got too busy and we weren't connecting enough with each other. This might be the innocent partner or the betrayed partner, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can talk about this. And so... Or the dance they were in. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. So it wasn't your fault, but you created a relationship. You created a marriage. Mm-hmm. And, and yet one person chose to go outside that. Now, how did that choice seem attractive or like a possibility? Okay. And it's pretty rare that... There was nothing about the relationship that had some kind of perhaps at least a little bit of a void that the person was trying to fill somewhere else. Okay. Is that fair? It's very rare that someone would just go off in a fulfilling, rich, thriving marriage. and It's rare. Okay. Yeah. So Jason, and the reason why I'm mentioning this is because you're asking what you can do, right? Yeah. And so I'm taking that question at face value. But just as an example, if you were emotionally unavailable and she found that connection elsewhere, then one of the things you might want to work on right now is being more emotionally expressive and involved with your family, like even with your kids mm-hmm. that you have around you. And this change would like not go unnoticed by your spouse mm-hmm. and may, you know, they may see, okay, you know, he really is working on something or I missed that before. Or, I don't know what might happen, but there might just be that draw sort of back in to realize things are changing. And they'll, because typically the, the affair spouse is thinking that one relationship sucks and this other one is ideal. Right. And this is undermining that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I think regardless whether it would change the marriage or not, that'd be valuable as a life skill. Yeah. So it is worth doing some personal work. Yeah. Even when you're the innocent party. 
Now, the next option, and you know, this is another one, this is also a very delicate one, but separation might help. Okay, might mm, being an operative yeah, work there. Cautious to recommend that. Yeah, I'm always hesitant to recommend it because, you know, we can make the recommendation, but you have to live with the choice. Yeah. Or, or and the, the consequences. consequences. The consequence yes. of the choice, right? Yeah. But it could be that if, if separation happened and all of a sudden the affair spouse who's in this very idealized world where, you know, things are going so wonderfully on the other side, they realize that they have to face the reality of managing a family that still exists and now is broken apart together with this other spouse. And it puts, it's actually going to put some, sorry, this other partner, it's going to put some pressure back on that affair relationship, quite possibly. Mm, or okay, okay or the person could just throw in the towel and go whole hog on the affair like you don't i don't know that's a risk yeah and this is a risk it's a huge risk right and again we don't have to live with the consequences of this decision to separate not working out mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. so that's why i say it might help and i'm not even necessarily recommending it mm-hmm. but it's it's something that you could consider and really weigh up uh, whether that would act as a confrontation that might challenge your spouse to seriously consider the pros and cons of leaving if they're not doing that. Okay. Okay. Now, and again, if we are suggesting the separation is with a view to reconciliation. So this is kind of just helping them hit rock bottom, if you will. Yeah. It sounds to me like his wife is not leaving. Right. She wants Jason there. She wants him as the father, wants him in the house, wants the family all intact. Right. But wants her own thing too. Right. Which is why I'm more inclined to mention that in this situation. You know okay. What I mean? Okay. Because you can't have the best of both worlds. That's not fair. It, no. And that's not real. That's not going to last or work. Or, no, yeah. it just hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then there's another hard fact that we need to address here, which is that you can't fix a marriage while there's still an affair going on. Oh. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and this is not a even a even a Christian perspective to say that, but I have a secular marriage counseling textbook. Yeah. And they say you, you either got to work on one or the other. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So one thing that you might propose to your wife, if you feel that this, this communication channel is open enough to do this is to propose to her that she puts the affair relationship on hold for six months to work on the marriage. And the way that you can, you can pitch that. And I, I always get nervous about people taking these comments out of context because we're not encouraging divorce or no. remarriage, but just take it in the context of, Caleb and Verlinda trying to save marriages, okay? But the way you might pitch this to her is that by the end of the six months, she'll know that either the marriage will be working or beginning to work, and she'll be able to see that. If it's not working, she can leave the marriage with a clear conscience that she tried her best. Okay. And there's going to be less guilt for her knowing that the affair did not cloud the decision to leave. Uh, I don't know if I can buy that. You don't like that? I well, how can you say that the affair did not cloud the decision to leave? Well, if she's truly put that relationship on hold and had a sincere interest on working on the marriage for six months and it's just not working out, that's a very different conclusion to come to through those six months if a genuine engagement or attempt is made versus trying to make this decision in the middle of sort of the high-powered romance of an affair versus the reality of life at home, raising kids and normal existence that the rest of us face, right? Okay. And keep in mind that this is with a view to at least motivating her to try. Yes. And so it's very specific for this circumstance, and this is not something you'd want to try in other contexts. Okay. Necessarily, right? Yeah. 
Now, if she's willing to do this, then no contact in it. This is a commitment on her part that zero contact is allowed with the affair partner during the six months. So again, as much as he can suggest that, this is a decision that she is going to have to make. He yes. cannot make her do this. No, he can ask her for this or recommend it to her. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And if she agrees to do it, then you need to find a good marriage therapist. Yeah, for sure. Question here. So if someone who has made promises, like marriage vows, yeah, is willing to break them and have an affair, why should we think that during this six months, they're actually going to keep their word? Like, does this actually work? Do they actually not contact them for six months? Yeah. So we don't know the wife's side of the story here, right? No, we don't. And and one thing I'm going to talk about in a moment is like why affairs are so powerful. Okay. But they often have a quite an internal struggle while the affair is going on between what is right and what feels good. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. So it's not so much about whether this person is like characteristically truthful or untruthful as much as they're torn between these two things. And you're saying, here, let's just kind of isolate one from the other for a period of six months. Yeah. And, you know, if you're a fair spouse or a fair partner truly loves you and thinks that you're worth waiting for, they should be willing to do this. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If they're really committed to your well-being. And let's work on the marriage and see what happens. We just ask that you give it a sincere try. And to make this really work, because you can't fix it with an affair going on, Right. there has to be zero contact. Because that okay. affair is, is as real emotionally as it is physically. Okay. That makes sense, babe? Yeah. I'm finding it hard to wrap my head around, but it kind of does. Yeah. It's, yeah. This is for an extreme situation again, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, another point here is, again, this really depends on the amount of communication that you have open with your spouse. And we don't know that, so we're just guessing here. Yeah. Uh, so this may not work. But if there are some lines open and and there is the opportunity to have a sincere conversation that is not like very angry or confrontational, you might be able to point out that this affair is like dating. Or maybe this would be, you know, often I find too that the in-laws are in favor of restoring the marriage. This might be a conversation your father or mother-in-law could have. With their daughter. With their daughter. Okay. So in an affair, there's like these short, really intense moments that the people spend together, right? And they're not challenged by normal day-to-day events. Like, you know what I mean? Like they don't have to get up Mm. and, and open the fridge and find that there's no milk. Right. It's just these short, idealized, like perfect, intense, loving, connective moments, right? And so it's an escape, not a reality. And it's also new. So there's this really powerful novelty factor. And the problem is that there's no chance that like an established relationship of your marriage, given that it's probably coming out of a distressed place already, will come out on top in comparison to this. Because for her, with these idealized, short, intense moments, her brain is just awash in feel-good chemicals, from the affair. Okay. Does that make sense? So like it feels good and intensely positive in the moments that she's engaged with this affair partner. Okay. And I'm trying to figure out where you're going with this. Okay. So you're just, making an affair sound. I make it sound really good. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, those chemicals are addictive and she probably craves more and more, but the point is that what she experiences now is not sustainable. It's characteristic of an affair, not of a long-term relationship. And that might have that short-term fling. And this is why we talk about it being addictive. It might have that short-term appeal where the high high or the rush is more exciting than normal life. But the letdown comes. Like there is a letdown. It's not real. It's not sustainable. Hmm. Okay. And this is where you really want the person to figure out or to try to explore why the affair is such a draw. 
Because not only is there this rush associated with it, but whatever the draw was, there's some meaning to this as well for her of why this was so powerful, such an attractant. And this is where, and sorry, Verlin, maybe I should put a little bit more context around this so you can keep asking questions here on behalf of our audience to make sure I clarify. Okay. This is where like my work with sexual addiction comes into play because it's a pseudo or a false intimacy. Yes. Because it's not worked out in the trenches of daily life where that deeper, abiding, more satisfying, wholesome, healthy intimacy is created. This is short-term intense burst. It's like doing drugs. The short-term reward is greater or seems more appealing than like a long-term commitment. I'll see. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Am I digging myself a deeper hole or am I making any sense here? No, it does make sense. Like I'm not trying to sell affairs, but I'm trying to help him or somebody, if possible, to confront her with why the affair is so appealing. Right. But why that's not going to last. Okay. Because that relationship will turn into a long-term marriage type situation. And it'll get boring. Yes. Or whatever. And then what are you going to have? You're not going to have the moments that started it. Mm-hmm. And if it's an addiction-like thing, you kind of move on to the next thing because you're craving that high? Could is be. Is that how it works? It could be that. I'm just saying that it's a lie. The affair is a lie. It's not real. Okay. As much as it's reality to the spouse getting hurt. Yeah. No, it's a lie to the spouse, to the wife here is what I mean. Okay. The satisfaction of the affair is, is a lie. Oh, okay. 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 And that, and again, that's my, that's speaking out of my worldview, which is based on Christian morals, mm-hmm. but I think is actually true for humanity, which says that, you know, God designed for the best intimacy experience, physical, spiritual, emotional, like the whole person connectedness to happen within marriage. Hmm. And maybe yeah. if their marriage was distressed beforehand coming into it, she hasn't been there yet, but she can create this with, Jason, mm-hmm. if she wants to. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, I think so. So let's just put it out there like this for Linda. If you're listening today and there's something that I've said that doesn't work for you or like really leaves a huge gap or you want to really even challenge my theology, send us a note and maybe that's something we can come back to on a future episode and refer back to this. Okay. So we can okay. make it like a discussion. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. So there's those things, Jason. And one final thing is keep praying for your wife. Keep praying for your marriage. Yes. So God is able. Yeah. And who knows what might happen and what he might bring out of this. So we hope that's been some help to you. And uh, should we wrap up here, babe? Yeah. Okay. So if you want to... No, that's all I had to say. Is there anything you wanted to add? No. I mean, it just like makes me hurt. Like I just feel like telling people, like the number of people we've had reach out lately that have, you know, affair in their background or infidelity or hurt and so much stuff. And I just feel like saying like, Okay, all the people out there that haven't had this yet, like you need to work on your marriage now so you don't get here. Yeah. Because when you get here, it's hard to fix. Yeah. Like it's going to be painful. There's a ton of pain. Yeah. 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 Prevention is better. (laughs) Yeah. If you can. Yes. Okay. Sorry. No, that's good. Bang on. Okay. All right. So just in closing, if you want to get involved in our mission to help save marriages through our podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We want to reach 5,000 marriages a week through the podcast, and we can't do that without your help. For even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. And to contribute, please go to oif.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach those marriages. Once again, that URL or that link is oif.link slash give. 
So next week, Kayla, we have a question from a wife who has had the dreadful surprise of contracting an STD that came from her husband's sexual history prior to their marriage. Yeah. So another painful experience. For sure. So that's all for today's episode. If you want to review this question or share it with others, you can do that via our short link, oif.link slash QA2. That's your fastest way to pull this up in your web browser or to send it to someone else. Yep. So we'd love to hear from you. Please consider leaving us a review on iTunes. It helps to increase the visibility of our show to other marriages so that we can reach and influence more people for good. And I mean, you can just reach out to us too. So, and if you have a question. For this. For this. You should sign up. Sign up quick. Because and reply to the first email. Yeah, our slots are getting full. So thanks and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.